0: Wait, what kind of vodka are you drinking? Uh, Prime. It's it's uh
1: <laughs> It's Yugoslavian six-time distilled s- superior vodka. Where do you buy that? Grocery outlet. <laughs> oh. uh, 100% grain neutral spirit, only 40%. But it looks like it's packaged like f- my fucking motor oil. It looks like my goddamn yeah. Syntec.
0: It looks like motor oil and um and like some 70s cologne had a baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's like high karate and fucking and, uh, 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 Mobile One Drunken Prime yep. <laughs> Transforms you into an asshole <laughs> yeah. We went down the rivers We crossed the plains Over the mountains we fought in streams We went and the USA west was How the west
1: was Hello everybody uh welcome back to How the West was fucked uh, oh, we are the uh, West. Was, was Oh, no we, kind of, we, we accidentally it. did it Fucked. Yep. But either way, uh, this week like 90, 90 or so of quarantine. So I I don't know. It may as
0: well be a thousand. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, yeah, there is no sky.
0: It started uh, out with time having no meaning, and now it has less. So. Yes,
1: very much so. Like I said, I was just eating. I ate like oh about a good pound a pound of California rolls I made in one sitting. That's not what you need to do, but so I'm sure I'll be paying for that. Here shortly. You're going to you know, shit you gotta,
0: an entire California four year old in like. You just got
1: to spend your time somehow, and some of that time can be on the toilet, I guess, like an extended <laughs> period. Um, <laughs> hope, so, you gotta, uh,
0: hope you got a hope you got a switch.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm one of the few that does not. I see all you little assholes talking about your Animal Crossing and all that shit, but
0: that game is a drug. Well, that's what I hear. Yeah, but
1: I've been actually pretty busy, like drawing stuff and sharpening my pile of knives
0: doing that stuff. I know you're not bullshitting that. I, <laughs> yeah, saw, that, yeah. I saw that knife your neighbor gave you. Think it's yeah, it's awesome. pretty
1: badass. Like, uh, historical, uh, you know, World War II, uh, E.G. Uh, eg Waterman, which is a lesser-known company, it was like the poor man's K-Bar. Like, if you didn't get issued a K-Bar, you would spend your four bucks while you were still in New York before you shipped out and get one of these old pig stickers.
0: Um, what did the, uh, the guy say when he gave it to you?
1: Uh, uh, Just, you know, you can have it if you use it. <laughs> as long as you use it. As long as I use it, I don't know if he wants me to go stab Germans with it or something, but like, uh, <laughs> or politicians go, maybe I'll do a turkey or something. But uh, the selling point of these, they were four bucks from the catalog, and then uh, the, on the little ad, it says uh, shatterproof. That's the biggest complaint about these. That's why the reason why they're shatterproof is they weren't tempered like a K bar, so they'd kind of bend. Oh, so yeah. Sound like, yeah. Oh, sure, you can't shatter it, but you know, you might try to poke through something, and it goes whoop, and like curls over on you. <laughs> like, like this one had a slight bend in the in the tip of the blade, and I was, oh shit, I'm gonna have to grind that down or something. Nope, I ended just ended up just taking my uh, uh, what's called vice and just squishing it flat. It's fine. Oh yeah, didn't break it up. Hey, there you so, go. But that was yeah, that was kind of a neat find from the neighbor. But anyway, we're not gonna be talking much about weapons today. We are gonna be talking about art.
2: Ah, it's just art, art as a weapon,
1: art as a weapon, kind of, I guess, but <laughs> mostly, mostly as art. These guys are kind of almost like artists. Like we, we think of them today. It's just, they happen to, um, use as a subject matter, the old West. Cause there was, um, on the East coast, everybody was like, Oh, I wonder what's happening with all the, the savage red Indians and the cowboys and the mighty bison and all that shit. So we're going to talk about some of the assholes that, uh, went out and, uh, painted them for better or for worse. Uh, so Tony, uh, I don't know. I don't know what should we ask him. Will like how should we phrase this?
2: Well, he probably doesn't know anybody's names, but he probably knows uh, at least uh, the Buck and Bronco one. By Bronco Remington Buster, there. yeah. Bronco
1: Buster, yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Bronco Buster by Remington? I don't think so. I bet you have, and you just don't know it. Uh, you know, it's Frederick Remington. Uh, he's related to the person that had the Rem- Remington firearms, but he was just a painter. But uh, he made this sculpture, well, he started out as a painter, but then he, later he learned to sculpt, and he, his very first sculpture is this horse rearing up on its hind legs with a guy, like, whipping the shit out of it with one foot out of the stirrup. It's very dramatic, you know. is his first fucking sculpture, mind you. And, uh, I mean, there's copies of it, you know, they have cast it in bronze and all this shit. Uh, there are copies of it everywhere. There's one in the Oval Office, or at least there was Till Trump got in there. He probably put it in the closet and... I don't know. Hung up a velvet Elvis or something in its place, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but uh, uh, one of them was given to uh, Theodore Roosevelt by the Rough Riders after um, after uh, uh, you know the whole Spanish American War. There's tons of copies of it got spread around. It's it's still available today in in copies. And in fact, last night I learned as I was researching this, if you Google. Uh, 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 Frederick Remington, uh, the the sponsored ads, the first thing that pops up. We'll we'll get a screenshot of this on the Instagram. We got it saved on my phone. Uh, it, the first thing that pops up is a fifty thousand dollars silver copy of this Bronco Buster's uh, sculpture, and sadly, the very next thing is just some weird little like alien looking proto art guy riding a giant cock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's a only cock like boy. it's like two hundred dollars mm. or something. But uh, I'm that just is saying that's so that, reasonable. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So that's the first thing that pops up. So it's probably his most famous work, and Remington probably is the most famous of the guys we're going to be talking about today. But he's later on the project. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, will will start with Cantlin. Yeah. Well, that, that sculpture appeal. would be
2: in the background of the like the cowboy catheter commercial. That's that's how ubiquitous it is. Yeah. Really.
1: Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's everywhere. It, once you know where to look for it, you probably don't see it as much around in Washington. I think in North Dakota, everyone has one for like a doorstop or like uses a potato masher or like or has one well on the their truck. Yep, pretty much. So it's it's everywhere. But are, but, are we just are we to start with Catlin or are you going to start with somebody like Peel?
2: Let's start with George Catlin because he was okay. one of the firstest. Uh, well, he was born in uh, July 26, 1796, and died December twenty third, 1872. So, way to ruin Christmas, Grandpa. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, <clears throat> whoa, whoa, whoa. He's
0: born in 1796? Yep. So, he died- was
2: doing his paintings in the 1830s mostly.
0: Wait, when did he die, you said? Uh,
2: 1872.
0: Wow. He had a pretty yeah. fucking long life for that era. He sure mm-hmm. did.
2: He was born in uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Kind of spent his youth roaming around the woods and listened to his mom tell him stories of being captured by Indians as a young girl. So she that's did, exciting.
1: I didn't find that. <laughs> did she actually get captured? She's just making shit up.
2: Probably making shit up. It's uh, say, it's
0: she's make, She's making erotic fan fiction.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the straight-up uh, bodice ripper. Yeah. Only Fabio <laughs> is kind of like, you know, it's like, I don't, uh, like, uh west duty or something on the cover yeah, yeah. You know, like- and then
0: i was then i was surrounded by a bunch of daniel day Lewis's. <laughs> yeah it yeah, was yeah. the <laughs> hottest thing i've ever been involved in mom shut the fuck up i don't want to hear about your goddamn dick stories
2: <laughs> 50 shades of indian
0: now paint yeah. me a picture son
2: uh he was self-taught he spent uh, his first couple years lawyering Yep. but um, he was one of the first artists to travel west of the Missouri anyway. Yep. Uh, wasn't the greatest uh, artist but he was one of the first so um, he got to uh, get to him before all the epidemics did <laughs> right and well yeah your, an- and it- the Indian Removal Act and all that good stuff.
1: yeah his anatomy is a little potato quality on some of them. There's like an especially atrocious, atrocious. Like it's supposed to be a little Mandan girl, but it looks kind of like Danny DeVito in an Indian wig. <laughs>
0: He's like that. Who's the comic <laughs> artist that drew everything like fucked up proportions?
1: Oh, like Rob Liefeld. Yeah, I think that. I think that's yeah. Who it was, yeah. Not quite that kind of weirdness, but yeah. I mean, like a little more like they melted. Or <laughs> <early>.
0: like, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna replace all the people with wax people, and it's a very much. hot
1: day. There's some of that going on. A lot of weirdly shaped heads, a lot of out of proportion, like your legs are too short for your body, that kind hey, of shit. Maybe everybody looked like that back then. I guess I we, can't pro- we can't prove it,
2: yeah. <laughs> yep, Mr. Potato Heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wanted to go west and paint all the tribes before they disappeared, like they disappeared around his childhood home there. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably more important than his paintings were his books on his travels, documenting all the traditions and customs of the of the natives especially the mandan before they all were wiped out more or less uh here's a quote from him if my life be spared nothing shall stop me from visiting every nation of indians on the continent of north america which is a lofty fucking goal (laughs) i don't think he quite did that but
1: he didn't even remotely i think he got (laughs) through about like what 24 of like several hundred
2: uh, he claims 50 tribes up the uh, Missouri, so uh, I don't know. Maybe i them put him on, in a little bit too much. but
1: I, I, Some of it, I you know, it's like, oh, you know. Maybe he just he,
2: floated by and waved and counted that.
1: I think he's like <laughs> counting it like, oh, I was with the Mini Kanju and the, uh, I, now I suddenly can't think of another Sioux tribe. But you know what I'm saying? It's like he's counting every like sub-tribe. Probably. I, think, I think he's padding his numbers a little bit. Mm. <laughs> but.
2: but he does take five trips between 1830 and 1836. Um, he first stops, goes all the way to Fort Enan on the uh, North Dakota-Montana border, which is, what, almost 2,000 miles away from St. Louis? Pretty yep. close to and it anyway?
1: Once again, that's where uh, Hugh Glass ended up disappearing.
2: So just hanging around the, the fort is not the greatest way to, to get to know the people. you got to live with them. But up there he painted uh, Sissaboines, Crows, and blackfeet. Blackfoots. I guess it's Blackfoot if you're Canadian and Blackfeet if you're American. I don't know. I just found that out. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from there he goes uh, downriver to the Mandan and he got the full experience there. He was uh, kind of smitten with them as a people really. Uh, the Mandan too were, some of them had like uh, lighter features so that always opened the door for like conspiracy theories that they were part Welsh or some bullshit like that. But
1: <laughs> well, I'd say a lot of them probably were part French. We, we mm-hmm. can definitely, uh, there's some uh, some actual documentation on that, but yeah.
2: Well, that that's the other thing too, you know, uh, French, they were in there like in the 16. Hundreds almost Right You know Yeah They've been along It wasn't quite like When Lewis and Clark went there It's like Hey we're the first white people You ever know It's like no We've been dealing with Whitey for about A hundred years now Yeah They just speak Different different language than you Yeah Yeah. So He uh, Studied also The Cheyenne Pawnee Omaha Ponca And other uh, Tribes along the Arkansas Red Rivers Mississippi's Rivers in uh, Florida, and the Great Lakes. So he was pretty much everywhere. Damn, that fucker got right? around. Too far west, anyway.
1: Especially that early on. We're, we're still talking like 1830s, right?
2: Yeah, that's time before like steamboats, really. Or well, that's, just, just when steamboats started. Anyway. I was going
1: to say, because one of his kind of contemporaries, the guy, he was friends with this dude's brother, there's a guy, uh, Rem- Rembrandt Peel. It was one of his friends back back in the world, you know, and he kind of was one of the people that helped get him into art. And uh, before Catlin, there was this kid, Peel. I'm only going to talk about it briefly because I just want to talk about their awesome boat. Uh, but uh, uh, Rem- uh, Rembrandt Peel's brother uh, is uh, Titian uh, Ramsey Peel. He was a naturalist, and he would just paint like... He was like the first person to paint, like, Mule Deer and one of the first white people to paint Buffalo. Uh, but they went out in... Um, it was earlier. It was
0: like... Oh, it was the boat from uh, Thunder in Paradise, right? Hulk
1: Hogan is Hurricane Spencer, the hottest hero of the high seas. He's got the boat. Thunder will lock in to anyone who fires a weapon at you. Thunder will lock in to anyone who even points a weapon at you. He's
0: got the guts. Little... He's got the girls. <sighs> and he's about to lose what he loves the most. But when a beautiful
1: woman makes him an offer he can't refuse... Let me get this straight. You're willing to pay me to marry you?
2: If you don't get the money, you lose your boat. If I don't get married, I lose my hotel.
1: This confirmed bachelor is forced to say, I do. Thunder in Paradise.
0: You lose him, I lose him.
1: Well, as close as you can get in the 1820s, because it was it was a goddamn stern wheel, like a paddle wheeler steamboat. But the interesting thing about it is they carved like a serpent head in the front that would like billow steam out of it. Pretty much express expressly to scare the shit out of the Indians.
0: They built a fucking dragon boat. They built a fucking dragon
1: boat. <laughs> Sick. And uh well oh. it, and it kind of worked like the Indians are like, "Oh, they must have like chained up a serpent spirit and now they're torturing it with fire and making it pull their boat and all this crazy shit." They also had cannons and shit on it, you know, they they weren't Course. fucking around. But they basically, uh, they ended up going up, like, the wrong river and getting lost, and then they got all discouraged, went back to, like, uh, Missouri, and ended up going to Louisiana and then dispersing. So they didn't go out for too long, but this Peel guy was one of the first to make it out there, and he did uh, over 200 paintings from sketches he had. So that was kind of what broke the seal. And part of the reason that Cantley decided he wanted to go and do this in wow, the first so place. Wow, so Rembrandt got him into painting. That's weird. Well, not the same Rembrandt, but I, <laughs> I had to. I had to double check. I'm like, wait a minute, time period. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, you know, was like, oh no, That's the kid's first name. Speaking but of, I dub- just thought I oh. just thought it was interesting. They basically had like a Ninja Turtle bad guy boat.
0: Yeah, I was just I was that, just gonna say. Do, do you guys ever learn anything about uh, there's like an ancient Korean uh, warship that's called like the Turtle, I think, or something like that? Yeah. And it, it, like, is straight up looks like a giant turtle, and it's got fucking guns all over it. and yep. Yeah, it was like a, like the, you know, like World War II gunboat of its time.
1: They actually, uh, in the Age of Empires 2, you can, as you play the Koreans, that's one of the types of boat you can get is the awesome. turtle boats.
2: Fucking awesome. Anyway. I like turtles. Yeah, I like, like totals. <laughs> uh, so he gets back east uh, in 1838, uh, assembles his paintings. He takes them on the road, kind of to show them off and try to help sell them. He's always trying to sell them to the government, uh, but no takers there. It's like, we don't Uh, want
1: pictures of Indians. We just want dead Indians. That's all.
2: Yep. No no nostalgia quite yet for the good old days. Yeah. Um, So he didn't quite get enough money. At first it was a hit, but then it kind of waned pretty quickly. So he goes to Europe to get more people to buy in there. Wasn't really much of a hit there, too. Um, He finally had to sell his personal collection of paintings in 1852 because of debt, which was uh, 607 Uh. paintings, (laughs) which I think is enough. Yeah. Uh, Industrials, Joseph Harrison got the paintings and stored them in a warehouse to keep them fresh, though. So he later donates them to the Smithsonian after, actually, the widow does in 1879. When so, they're both dead. <laughs> well, I seen, and well, I am Harrison.
1: Why I'm seeing in, in my thing, there's I got a I got a picture in my Time Life book of like a sketch that Cantlin did of his own art exhibition at the Louvre. So he did get to exhibit at the Louvre, and what it's showing is like the all the walls just covered in fucking paintings, and then they had set up a teepee. So it's like this kind of not real great sketch, but it's like a sketch of all these like. Cordy tody French dudes in top hats and shit, like going into a teepee, just surrounded by like little paintings <laughs> and shit.
0: There's a fun, uh, a fun thought exercise, nice <laughs> yeah. little idea. And wait, uh, oh, I, another... I get this. He wait, they they hung all his art up. He had an art showing, and then he went in and sketched it. Like, yeah, as people are like stuff, okay, checking gotcha, it out.
1: Gotcha. It's kind, of, you know, it's kind of like you take pictures of your own art exhibit with your phone, except for he just stood right, and right, sketched right.
2: it. <laughs> Uh, my favorite painting of his. We probably would do one just on his time with the Mandan too, because yeah, pretty interesting stuff. But the the initiation uh, thing with uh, hanging the people off the rafters. Oh yeah, it's like the by little strings. Yeah. What? Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. pretty pretty uh, fetish porny, <laughs> or uh, you know torture porn.
1: Yeah, he, he do- he's the first white guy to really document this in great detail. Wait, is so it like the?
0: the hooks in their skin and they're hanging them from the ceiling kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. We'll, oh. we'll, run, we'll, we'll
1: run through the steps here, Will. I think uh, you can give us an overview. Um,
2: well, from uh, what I remember, they just kind of take some sinew from the buffalo and just kind of run them through the arms and the back and the legs, and they're kind of uh, weighted down by buffalo skulls.
1: Yep. Well, they and... had a couple guys also hung from the center of the earth lodge through their ch- uh, chest muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then it has to come off on its own. You can't rip it off, and nobody can help you. Yeah. So if it doesn't rip off on its own, you just kind of have to walk around with a buffalo skull dragon behind you for, until you, like, die or get better, <laughs> one or the other. Or
1: until it happens. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, and since that's the case, these guys would be dancing around in an earth lodge, which, you know, it, well, I think a lot of times in earth lodge, but they might have done it outdoors sometimes. But the earth oh, they, lodge, the- they
2: would, uh, ha- you know, uh, the other young guys would just, like, run them around until they passed out again after they came down
1: yeah yeah well that's <laughs> the, that's the thing too is it as it, like say you like finally dislodged all your buffalo skulls out of your torn and bleeding flesh and you were crawling towards the door of the earth lodge to go get some air go take a breather there was usually going to be one or two old dudes sitting by the uh by the door that would uh just take a hatchet and lop off a couple of your fingers for you too on your way oh out.
2: yeah that's right I yeah. forgot about that. What?
1: <laughs> they would just have a couple of old dudes. I think we've talked about this before where you'd be crawling out of the Earth Lodge and there's a couple of the older dudes of the tribe. He's like, hey, good job. You know, way to dance all those buffalo skulls out of your skin. And then they'd hack off a couple of your fingers. Maybe one, maybe two. Why? Maybe accidentally. Because, you know, that's what you had to do to be a man. What? Yep. yep.
0: So, yeah, fuck the Yakuza, man. This, yep. this shit's where it's at. Yep.
2: Yeah. Plus, no, that's like, all you needed to shoot a bow anyway. On yeah. at least on one of the hands.
0: Well, I just like how there's no
1: prescribed which fingers. It's just kind of like I'm just picturing like you're like crawling around kind of in the dark, kind of dazed, and they're just kind of like taking wild swats at your hands with an axe. <laughs>
0: you know, it's like Damn. that's great.
2: That's what happens kinda, when you don't have TV. Kind
0: of kind of reminds me of the the club that uh, I'm looking for the name of the movie right now. I can't remember what it's called, but this movie that D. Snyder did in like the '90s. Where he was like, he basically ran a, uh, 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 it was like a like a club where they would play industrial music and metal and shit. And uh, he had like tons of piercings and stuff. And there's a back room where they would like hang people from hooks on their skin from the ceiling. And it was like an S&M club or something.
1: Yeah. Right. Wow.
0: God, me, me, like and Alfie, me and Alfie saw this movie. It was fucking weird. Really dark. But basically, I think it's, this might be, it's called Strangeland, I think
2: in this small town. Check this guy out. On this quiet street. Now we can talk to him one-on-one. An unspeakable evil is stalking the net. What kind of name is Captain Howdy? Pain is a uniquely personal experience. My badge represents the law. (laughs) There's nowhere
1: to run. Daddy! There's no place to
2: hide. Find me. He's got this town wired. Ah! gotta love this technology robert england somebody's gotta take that boy out d snyder so much flesh so little time want to play paul scarecrow strange land oh that sounds familiar
1: it's to freak out all the normies about like putting hooks in your skin and
0: shit man but it was also the whole movie was like mostly laden with like What's going to happen to our kids when this internet thing starts getting really popular? You know, this AOL stuff is going to kill our children. Oh, There's- so it's exactly like now? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, just- but it was just funnier because you have to listen to a dial tone. Uh, yeah, your, yeah. Your computer, fucking call, a, call another oh, computer.
1: Give me, an this, this give me about an hour. And this one pornographic picture load. give me about an hour. know.
0: Yeah, you'd be better off walking around in the woods and finding porn laying in a fucking pile of trash on your own. That's the fucking way I was a tree found it this kid. That's the way I always found it too. Harvest it from the land. <laughs> Damn right, like the old days.
1: <laughs> yep, just gotta find a, a Playboy bush. What's in a tree fort? <laughs> Playboy books and cigars. <laughs>
2: Uh, he spends the last 20 years of his life trying to recreate all his paintings that he had to sell. but he did get back up to about 400. Uh, he does publish his book that I'm trying to get through right now. Uh, Manners, Customs and Conditions of the North American Indian in two volumes. So that's not that long of a title for 1800s though.
1: No yeah, that's pretty tame. He mm-hmm. also uh, at that time he was uh, he did a bunch of like kind of like little quickie paintings that he tried to sell to people. That he just called his Indian cartoons, and I love the idea of that. They're not really cartoon like. <laughs> I, I got a picture of one that's like uh, Is he riding Kiowas. a skateboard. No, they're like picking wild grapes. <laughs> and
2: I'm tennis. really,
1: I'm really skeptical. Even though Catlin's known for how, uh how accurate he was for, with people's like gear and with their clothing and shit like that, the baskets and shit they're using. I don't think the Kiowa had those because they look really European. And also, they're picking wild grapes. I don't know if there, there are any wild grapes
0: where the Kiowa live, but whatever. You go, Caitlin. Hey, man, it's a cartoon. Yep. It just came out of my mind, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: like uh, Bo was saying, some of his stories were questioned. Uh, mostly his claim to be the first honky to visit certain places, which is hard to prove one way or the other. Mm. Uh, but he gets credit for uh, going to the Pipestone quarries there in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. And with, what do you think the Pipestone quarries are for? Making pipes uh, out of stone. Making pipes. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna but say. I know. I know. What kind of pipes? Uh, what kind do you think? Yep. What, what kind are most uh, fucking uh, uh, you know associated with Native Americans?
2: Tobacco what? bongs. Ah, water bongs. <laughs> Tobacco no. use only. They're just big, long ones made out of uh, red kind of clay type of thing.
1: colloquially known as peace pipes. And what's that red clay called, Will?
2: Uh, It is called Catlinite, after George Catlin. George Catlin. Wow. But yeah, they were kind of the stuff to go to for pipe building back in the day. Well, yeah,
1: because have you ever worked with any of that shit? Nope. I mean, it's it's a rock, but you can like carve it with a fucking knife. It's actually pretty easy to carve. It's kind of a nice brick red color. Yeah, uh, you can smooth it out. It really makes really nice shit. I mean, is it, uh, is it almost like carving pottery or something? Well, kinda. It's just, um, I mean, it basically is pottery. It's it's like a, a rock that's clay based, yeah. but it's a rock. But it's just kind of soft and kind of smooth. And I, I don't know. They made they made some pretty awesome shit with it. Uh, uh you have time? To look up some catlinite. Uh. Some uh, catlinite peace pipe bowls. There's some pretty wicked ones. Usually, like shaped like an eagle or a wolf head or buffalo or all that kind of stuff. That's badass. Well, that that catlinite shit was a big trading commodity too. With the people of Minnesota, they traded all the way out to here. Like uh, you know they you know so it was it was the shit. It was Mm -hmm. like the um, the carbon fiber. (laughs) <laughs> I guess if it's there, light something. and
0: strong, durable, easy yep. to work with. I'd want one that's like a, like a, a, a like a dragon with like a crystal ball in its hand riding a motorcycle.
1: That's uh, called truckerite.
2: Have to buy them at AMPMs and yep. <laughs> fuck yeah. Crystal uh, else, Later in life, he also writes a book called "Shut Your Mouth." <laughs> <laughs> it was a serious essay on how the ills of society were caused by slack-jawed yokels.
1: Hey, what's going on on this side?
2: <laughs> <And> <laughs> he claimed that talking too much was harmful, too. It's like a 102-page essay on keep your mouth sh- Shut. Yeah, it's like
1: shut your goddamn crap and fake fronts.
2: I kind of yeah, want to read that. I
0: kind of do too. I want to know what you can say about that in 102 pages. <laughs> shut up,
1: little man. I like how the how the uh, title implies brevity, but the length of the uh, the reading material. You know, shouldn't it just be like a pamphlet instead of 102
2: page? It should just be like, the words "Shut your mouth."
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe it is, and they're like size, you know, 86 font or whatever. Yep. You know,
2: he also probably had two families, one back east and one with the with the Indians somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that's about all I have on him. You want to move yeah. on to Carl Bodmer?
1: I didn't do much study about Bodmer. I'll see what I can remember about him.
2: Uh, there's not too much interesting about him. Uh, just right after Catelyn, though, um, he went with a uh, Prussian named Maximilian Newweed. Weed. He's the new weed. The other white weed. (laughs) But he was a German explorer and uh, he went along to paint the tribes. Um, This is just right after in the 1830s. Max was the son of a count. That was the deal there. Uh, They also called him Prince Max. I was going to say,
1: I've heard of Prince Max Million. Yep.
2: He takes along a hunter and a taxidermist named David uh, Dreidel Doppel. Wow, Or something close to that. Dre Doppel. Like, two, Maybe two it's do- Yeah, Dre Doppel. Doppelganger.
1: Dice the middle. Uh
2: Cholera kind of keeps them from going west uh, when they first get there. Um, but once they get over their little spat of cholera, uh, Bodmer was the only one not to get sick. Uh, four months they had to spend in uh, Pittsburgh. For so, quarantine, just like yeah. now. Yikes.
0: Except, you know, it was the 1800s. Yeah.
1: So. There ain't no YouTube and you're shitting in a chamber pot.
0: Yep. And mm-hmm. you're, car- you're carving, uh, carving pieces of wood into titties so you could jack off to it.
1: Eating bilious <laughs> pills and apparently oysters because for some fucking reason, everybody had oysters. I don't
0: it's, know why, but the idea of having diarrhea and eating oysters at the same time really yeah. does not rub me well.
1: I don't know, but the idea <laughs> of being on the middle of the plains of Kansas in the 1800s and having oysters doesn't sit with me very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how the fuck did they... <laughs> I
0: don't were, know. Were they canned and shit by then, or are they just I like... Think,
1: yeah, I think they were canned, but they were probably canned with that fucking, like, lead lining and everything <laughs> else. You know, they probably had four pounds of salt added in there. And... Yeah. But, like, every fucking picture, like, if you find photographs of any little town in the Old West, there'll be some fucking bar, and you know how they paint everything they have kind of on the outside? Yeah. It's going to say oysters. And, and it's not even necessarily a bar. I've seen where it's like a, a fucking... Whatever, they just have oysters, and I don't get it. Like, Mm -mm. are the oysters coming from the Chesapeake Bay? Are they coming from the West Coast? What kind of horrible condition are they in? Yeah,
0: even today, like modern (laughs) times, the year 2020, if I was in fucking, like, you know, Minnesota, I am not going to order goddamn oysters. Well, I mean, we eat the smoked oysters. Yeah, that's why I'm sending
2: gooey ducks all the way to... Japan. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. But
0: that's with that's with
1: refrigeration and shit. yeah,
0: refrigerated boats, and they probably but keep I'm, keep them alive the whole time.
1: I'm just picturing some fucking jar, you know, or a can with, like you said, like the lead line shit seeping in there. So like later on, you're biting your fucking mate in the face because you're losing your shit, <laughs> you know, and just we pickle these, it bath salts. Th- these smarmy, warm motherfucking E. coli, having fucking botulism-ridden, you know, blobs of sea snot. that everybody's just, oh, god damn it. They probably (laughs)
2: didn't have peanut allergies back in the day, though.
1: I I guess not, (laughs) because fuck. Uh,
2: They make it all the way to Fort Benton, which is about as far as you can make it on boat up the Missouri there. They winter at Fort Clark, which is right next to the Mandan village there, which I've been there. It's an empty field now, which is pretty exciting. Empty field with a pisser. Uh, so hey. they spend a whole year on the Upper Missouri, p- kind of painting the same people that Catlin painted, but uh, Bodmer was much better at it. And he returns to Germany and then moves to France. Uh, you should look up some of his prints, though. Uh, they're kind of like monochrome, but they're oh, yeah. not yeah. I I, quite I know what his work looks like.
1: Yeah, I know what his work looks like, and I remember he's really good. I just don't remember much about him himself.
2: Yeah, uh, they're called aquatints. Uh, uh,
1: we are the aquatins Make the homies say home And the women <laughs> want to wince <laughs> I guess
2: <laughs> And then he moves to France And he sets up uh, at. He starts a scene there Called the Barbizon School Shut oh, the fuck mean, up I, 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 <laughs> yep, Shut I, the I thought, fuck up Is that Barbazons? for real?
0: Yep What? He started uh, Barbizon? The modeling
2: college? You can. Well it's Barbizon art movement, but it was the Barbizon of the 1800s, I guess. Barbizon. Learn about an exciting
0: career in modeling. Call now for your free Barbizon booklet and start on a new, more fabulous you today. Barbizon. You can get the look, poison, confidence of a Barbizon model. So what are you waiting for? Pick up the phone, call for the free booklet, and soar to new heights. Barbizon. Call now. I, I
1: I don't know what the fuck you're even talking about, Tony.
0: So, in the 90s, they used to have mm-hmm. these really stupid fucking cheesy commercials. And it was aimed towards teenagers that wanted to become uh, uh, models. And so, they, they would have these commercials run while you're watching fucking... Uh, uh, growing Pains? Growing Pains, yeah. yeah. They'd come on during Growing Pains or, like, say by the Bell and shit.
1: Yeah, we didn't have that. Uh, Leo, like I said, I never had cable growing up because we was out in the fucking sticks. But, uh, you know, we had the, like... Oh, if you can draw this turtle or draw this pirate, you can be an artist. And see, that one was started by George Catlin.
2: Oh, really? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, That's all I have about uh, Bodmer, more or less. Okay. Uh, If you want to go see his work, Omaha has the largest collection. So let's saddle up and go to Omaha.
1: When in Omaha. You know, I'm always chomping at the bit to get out to Omaha.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Stick around for more How the West Was Fucked.
2: Do you like to draw, or paint, or maybe just sketch and do? Well, if you do, chances are you have the interest needed to become a serious art student. To find out, simply call toll-free, and Art Instruction Schools will send you this enjoyable art test. There's no cost or obligation. Take the test at home in your spare time and mail it to us when you're done. Our experts will review and grade your test. Call our toll-free number today for your free art test. Don't let the wonderful world of art pass you by. To get your free art test without cost or obligation, call this toll-free number. Don't delay it. Call this toll number now. All right. Uh, how about Frederick Sackrider Remington? Sackrider? Sackrider.
0: Fucking Sackrider.
2: He must have sat on his balls well. I think I think he, it, I think he went horse. to
0: Barbizon and then became like the
1: first uh, gay porn star. It was mm. shit like I think it was his mother's family name on one side or something. Yeah. Yeah. But still like why also why. <laughs> <His mom. laughs>
2: yeah. He died uh oh uh, he was born October 4th, 1861. Oh, I was like, that was quick. Died oh. December 26th, 1909, so he didn't ruin Christmas on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So he was of the second generation of the Hudson River School. If you've seen that shit, that's the huge-ass paintings that are look like Thomas Can- Kincaid paintings yeah, and stuff like that.
1: Like Bierstadt.
2: Yep. Uh, his parents were Seth Pierpoint Remington and Clara Bascom Sackrider. Uh, so,
1: uh, Tony, before we move any further, just by listing those names, uh, what do you think the financial status of this family was?
2: Not mm-hmm.
0: bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, all these Dad's family so was from LCS, Lorraine, and mom was French Bosque. So yep. just mix it all up and be all the, the border ethnic people there in Central Europe. There you go. Uh, Remington's dad was a colonel in the Civil War, a newspaper editor and postmaster, and a staunch Republican. Yep So liberal assholes Yep uh, Somehow he was related to George Catlin uh, The sculptor Earl Boscom Also he was cousin of the Remington The guy who founded Remington Arms uh, Yep His name Eli or an E-L-I-P-H-A-L-E-T How do you pronounce that?
0: Eli Follett.
2: Eli Play. Uh, All right.
0: Uh, <laughs> Eli, go over there and
1: play. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Portland sir. Com- command.
2: <laughs> also, somebody was related to Jed Smith and George Washington. Yep. So he was related to everybody in America at that time, I guess. Everybody well, was
0: related I, to everybody in America at the time. There's only 400 people here. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. But if your family's been around since 1637, that might actually be true.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: Uh, he was the only child his dad wanted him to go to west point and be a colonel too but he went to yale to study art so he was a disappointment
1: well before before they sent him or tried to send him there i guess uh for like i guess high school for lack of a term they sent him to like this sounds awful but it was like a missionary military academy so you're not just dealing with dipshit like you know, I'm a military cadet, shit. You also have, like, Bible study that goes along with it. Oh,
0: my God. And you got to go door to door and pull a gun on people and be like, "I Jesus has a special <laughs> message for you. Pretty much. <laughs> take you know. this book. No, I don't want to k- k- take the book. But, like,
1: uh, as, even in that uh, environment, he didn't take any of that shit real seriously. And uh, basically, um, you know, he'd draw caricatures of his, like, friends in class and stuff like that and didn't really give a fuck about doing the military stuff. And flat out told his dad is uh I don't really aim to uh oh to do anything. <laughs> yep. Uh he was a rich kid. well yeah, and he's like, I don't really wanna you know, do anything that makes me wor- work hard. Or like <laughs> hey, at least he's I, mean, I, I'm, about I, it. I I'm paraphrasing here, but not by fucking much. Nope. You know, like do you got the actual quote?
2: Uh no, but, yeah, that was the gist of it. He didn't want to work too hard on anything. His uh, dad passes away from consumption, so he gets an inheritance. So he refuses to go back to art school and just goes camping in Montana for that year. Yep. <laughs> but well, he didn't think, have enough money to actually buy a ranch or a mine. He just kind of hung out, well, that was, was the thing. a yeah, real I, rare thing to do back in the day.
1: Well, I, I like that. That was the thing. is you The way you phrase it, he just went went camping. He didn't go out there to go camping. He went out there with, like you know, enough money to, you know, live off of a ship. He's like, oh, I believe I'm going to go out and buy a ranch, perhaps a mine. And then he gets out to, like, uh, Montana, and they're like, yeah, you don't you don't have enough to buy my ranch. So then he just ends up, like, camping. Well, shit. So,
0: <laughs> I guess I'll go
1: glamping now. Yeah, his grip on reality and how things work in the real world were, was pretty uh skewed.
2: He does uh, get a sheep ranch in Kansas in 1883, but uh, quit that as soon as he found out it was boring.
1: And you actually had to do stuff? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's At, the thing is, he, he, he thought the rancher's life was boring and the ranchers all thought he was lazy. So, you know, <laughs> they're probably both right.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> he tries to start a hardware business, but it fails due to a swindle. Uh, he gets married and brings his bride to Kansas City. There she found out that... Um, the hardware store failed and he was part owner of a bar so she leaves him and goes back home <laughs>
1: immediately well That's this when, is the wife too like uh before we get in too far that uh i think this is also the wife where like he did propose to her before he went out there but her dad's like fuck no oh yeah or, or is that or was that uh charlie russell
2: <laughs> no i think think you're right
1: yeah it's remington but, yeah, the dad was like, no, you're kind of a shitless layabout. I mean, you're from kind of a well-to-do family, but you're lazy. So, you no, know, you can't marry my daughter. But he did end up marrying her later anyway.
2: Yep, after he got successful and had to rub it in to, to paw there. Yep. That's when his wife leaves the first time. That's when he really starts painting seriously, though. So, And he found out he could actually make a career out of it by, you know, trading for, like, biscuits and stuff like that. <laughs>
1: Here's a painting. May I have that biscuit? Yes. That's how it still works today. Kind of,
2: yeah. <laughs> so he moves to Brooklyn with all the other hipsters. Uh, begins studies at the Art Students League of New York, which is kind of like uh, Super Friends, I, I would guess.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, by this time, the West was disappearing. There's a, a great demand for sketches and etchings from the newspapers and all the nostalgia shit that Catlin missed out on.
1: Well, and the other thing is uh, Remington's view of like the C- Catlin kind of like had respect for the Indians and stuff. And uh, Remington was a little more into like painting him kind of like how they were perceived on the East Coast anyway. You know, as kind of like a stereotypist th- like kind of villains like they're, they're usually kind of villains.
2: Uh, 1886, Harper's Magazine sends him to Arizona to paint and write on Geronimo's pursuit. Of course, he never mm-hmm. finds him, but he got a bunch of good artifacts to use and photos. That's well, the other thing a- too. Later, you can paint off of photos uh, in the later 1800s too. So,
1: well, and there's a story I read about during that time. He claims he claims that they were all hunkered down for the night and they'd been smoking their pipes, looking at the stars, and eating their beef jerky or whatever. And all of a sudden, they're drifting off kind of asleep, and all of a sudden, there's, like, three Apache sitting across the fire from them. And, of course, in their time, he was like, oh, me, heat, big, hungry, doing the whole pigeon English shit is the way he describes it. But he kind of insinuates that the, um, you know, well, first of all, the Indians made it known they didn't want to fight. They just wanted to eat some of their food. And then he kind of insinuates it after he left. He's like, yeah, and I think it was actually Geronimo himself sitting oh, across the fire Jesus from Christ. us. Sure, It's like, yeah. First here. of all, I doubt that that whole exchange ever happened in the first place, and it well, sure as shit was the, not going to be Geronimo if it was. No,
0: and the way he described it, it sounded like they just fucking materialized on the other side of the fire, like they well, beamed that's what down it makes for the it fucking sound Enterprise. Like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like they like beamed the fuck down and uh, demanded food. In the most stereotypical, oh, me, me, big, I'm hungry, you know, kind of fucking They're bullshit. just going to
2: steal your horses in the middle of the night. That's all right. they're well, going to do. <laughs>
1: well, and especially if you're with the posse that's chasing Geronimo, that's definitely, you know, the posse that they're going to approach, you know, because they won't know that you're out there hunting down Apache. So they're just going to wander into your camp
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it's like the sheepdog and the fucking coyote where, you, you know, the sun goes down, you clock out, and they can't arrest you anymore.
0: Yeah, right. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. no, no. Hey, guys, I'm off the clock. Yep. <laughs> uh,
2: that year too, 1886, they sent him to Charleston, uh, South Carolina, because there was an earthquake there, somewhere between a 6.9 and a 7.3 that destroys 2,000 buildings.
0: I'm curious and to find out how the fuck they know that, how big the the earthquake was. Well, that's probably
2: why it was between 6.9 and 7.3.
1: Estimating the damage caused, probably from the damage reports. Mm, so yeah,
2: 156 million in today's. Dollars. So that's pretty fucking serious And I never yeah. knew that happened well, I knew every once in a while Wasn't there a the, big one in Missouri at, Somewhere in the 1800s too? Maybe Not very often though
1: Was that some kind of like Mormon prophecy Where oh we had an earthquake So that means we better do something or
2: Yeah well, Probably I, from I, I, fracking I, Well that's <laughs> Oklahoma
1: <laughs> Uh, but yeah, how fun would it be? You know, you get sent on an assignment to just go paint a bunch of buildings that have fallen down. Mm -hmm. That's gotta be great fun to draw. Just like, oh, here's another pile of wood. Pile of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So he's getting popular in the papers and he gets a commission from, guess who? Teddy Roosevelt to do 83 illustrations for his ranch life and hunting trail book. Yep. And that got serialized into Century Magazine. So he gets a big boost from that. He also gets a big boost from Harper's. Uh, they cut a deal where he gets Harper's gets to have first shot on his paintings. Well, I and believe the guy to at shitload of promotion.
1: I believe the guy at Harper's at the time too. That was like their editor in chief or whatever. Was like a buddy of his from art school from the fucking Alliance of uh. artists or some shit like that. It was, and they didn't recognize each other at first. You know, because, like, the, I guess there's some story about, like, the guys head down kind of looking at submissions and stuff. He said there was, like, a hulking form in the room, and suddenly some pictures of horses were thrust in his hand. He's like, oh, I'll buy them. And then he realized it's Remington, but he recognized it mostly because he was fat,
2: because he was. <laughs> uh, about this time, he adopts a cowboy style of speaking, too, once he gets famous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why, but that's fucking awesome.
2: Yep. So now he's famous, getting fat from all the banquets and oh, he
1: he was pretty fat before that too. When he was on the Yale football team and shit like that, he wasn't um, exactly a fucking yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, he gets to because of his popularity gets to chum up with some army officers, especially Nelson Miles. Yep. Who is? So, the namesake you. of what fuck you mile city yeah oh shit, city. really <laughs> yes missed it should we try it again
0: i thought he named the unit of measure or something oh no that's, that's
2: stone mile,
1: mile city is named after yeah losing your losing your edge son yeah
2: so I'm, going, I'm going brain dead to for being cooped
1: up with a fucking toddler
2: <laughs> So he's kind of a soldier artist journalist now. He goes to wounded knee right after the battle, quote unquote yep. battle.
1: Yep, and describes it like it as if it was like a battle. Like oh, the valiant, yep. you know. Like I said, he was he was definitely the man for the time. If you wanted to shit all over the Indians and make uh, soldiers look cool, he was your dude. Mm.
2: Yep. He painted a lot of a lot of action in his shit. Yep. Uh, 1890 does a self-portrait on a horse, but he paints himself tough and thin. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yep. Uh, 1895 kind of, kind of, kind is like, when he started sculpting. Kind of like sculpting.
1: Trump's, uh, Trump's uh, Twitter uh, avatar. It's from <laughs> yeah. like 10 goddamn years ago.
2: Yeah. 1895 is when he makes the Bronco Buster. Mm-hmm. Not too bad when uh, Tiffany's is making copies of it and over and over and over. And um, it's
1: your first goddamn sculpture.
2: So his favorite paintings were military subjects, so he wanted another war so he could go out and paint.
0: Jesus Christ, uh. man.
2: <laughs> the fucking war profiteering of
0: art? Oh, yep. yeah. Well, w-
1: what w- the
2: wait, fuck?
0: Wait for it.
2: So he gets his chance in 1898 with the Spanish-American War and uh, hands one of those uh, Bronco Busters after the fact to Teddy Roosevelt after San Juan yeah. Hill.
1: Well, technically, he didn't give it to him. The Rough Riders themselves gifted it to him. But the thing is, yeah, the, the Spanish-American War, he's out there with fucking Hearst himself, like uh, uh, what you call uh, which uh, William Randolph, I believe. I always get all yeah. the Hearst mixed up. It's not George. It's, Will, yeah, William Randolph. William I Randolph, think it's Patty. Or, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, just like sitting out there, he's like the war correspondent. And wasn't the, uh, like Hearst is doing the writing and he's painting all these pictures and at first he was like, well, there's not much fucking war going on, you know, and uh, I, the quote is something like, you supply the paintings, I'll supply, and her, her says, you supply the paintings, I'll supply the war.
0: Oh my God.
1: So, um, well, it's part of the reason why they think like the whole, you know, the whole reason, quote unquote, we went into the Spanish-American War is they, you know, the battleship, the main sank, like it exploded and sank. Yeah. Well, some people to this day say that was a false flag operation. You know, to get us to go into that war and shit, like, and who the fuck knows? It, you know, it could have been, but it was uh, also the war that uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, called the splendid little war. And of course, that's the one that he raised the Rough Riders to fight in. He got, he was like what a like I think a, what a colonel, or a lieutenant colonel. I can't ever remember.
2: Yeah, something like that. I, I, I just imagine when a... you're running the operation, you can be whatever you want.
1: Well, that was the thing is he 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 you know he made his own volunteer cavalry force. Uh, out of, like, f- dudes he knew from, like, Harvard and then cowboys he met in the Dakotas and Wyoming and shit and, like, Indians and, like, every other fucking thing, which the Rough Riders were a conglomeration of all this shit.
0: A splendid little war. I just imagine cool. him on a horse standing on top of a pile of fucking bodies just <laughs> like, well, that was lovely. You're Buddy. not
1: fu- you're not far off, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Splendid. Uh, you know, and that's the thing is, like, you know, the Rough Riders were uh, first volunteer cavalry is what their unit designation was. But unfortunately, most of their horses didn't get to get to Cuba until after they were done, so they basically did most of their fighting on foot. But Teddy did have a couple horses, because I had one that was named Little Texas. I know that. But most of the guys were fighting on foot and shit. But yeah, it was pretty much a put-up job of a war. You know, we kind of went in there and kicked the shit out of them, and then much rejoicing from Hearst and everything else. Part of the reason why Teddy got elected president... Well, not really elected. You know, it's part of the reason like, his political career fucking... Right, ramped Gathered up. Even, even more steam, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so Remington yeah, was there. Good co- thing we co- don't do that, that. that today. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But at least Remington went there and was, like, getting malaria and shit, trying to fucking paint all this shit in the middle of a jungle. So at least he, you know, went there and didn't just, like, Skype it in.
2: <laughs> uh, later on, he tries writing some novels, but by 1907, between financial panic and changing tastes, his work was kind of drying up. Well his uh, one, novels
1: were apparently were shit too.
2: Like some uh, L. Ron Hubbard level type of shit. Kind of, well he wrote
1: one that <laughs> it was one that was supposed to be from the perspective of like a, of a Cheyenne warrior whose name was like Eats Fire or Breeze Fire or some crazy shit. And it was you know it's written like, like a guy that he has a tacit understanding of the Indians but he doesn't really understand, you know yeah, it's kind of like the James Fenimore Cooper you know version of like the, how they view the Indians in like Last of the Mohicans and shit. It's a little more like that. So, you know, people could smell kind of the inauthenticity. I think, on some of it. And there's kind of like trashy, Mm you know, but whatever.
2: Uh, One night he gets sick of his paintings and burns a whole bunch of them in his yard. But they'd be (laughs) worth millions today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Which is always fun. He has an emergency apodectomy on December 26th. Didn't ruin Christmas. 1909. And he dies of peritonitis. Uh, okay, what was the
0: surgery he had? Appendectomy. Appen- yep. What does that do? It
1: removes your appendix.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. At the Appomattox courthouse, uh, his surgery was complicated by his 300 pounds of girth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting kind ta- of to find levels. that. Yep. They got to carve away like fucking six inches of blubber to get into your appendix, and
2: yeah. <laughs> Nurse, hand me that auger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, his house is declared a national landmark in 1965, so that's cool. Yep, that's all I have for that dude.
1: Well, the biggest thing I like about Remington Remington is uh, uh, full disclosure one of my favorite painters from the Old West, mostly because of the dynamic way he paints everything. He's not about scenery and shit. In fact, most of his scenery is kind of like blotches and shit. But that motherfucker, and he he, he said if he had—if uh, he could pick the epitaph on his tombstone for himself, he would have said Remington. He knew the horse, and that he did. He knew how to draw fucking horses, and he was a, one of the first artists to realize that at some point during a horse's gallop, because up until that time, there was another guy that found it out about the same time. Horses were always depicted with at least one of their feet touching the ground while they're running. And Remington would draw them sometimes with all four feet off the ground and all these crazy poses. Sometimes he would kind of exaggerate life poses. But um they were just way more dynamic, and they looked way more real. And that was from observation. It wasn't until they started comparing like frame by frame film of horses running that they realized he was right. Whoa. They actually people would actually kind of make fun of him for like, oh yeah, you're you're fucking crazy flying horses, you fucking weirdo. Yeah, but as it turns out he was actually right. And it does lend a lot of dynamicism to to the pieces. You know, he's a like you know, a lot of uh, about the man's personal life. He's a little iffy, but uh, yeah, one hell of a one hell of a painter and an interesting cat.
2: My favorite so, is the Indian with the uh, lever action in his mouth riding the horse. Is that right?
1: It's not a lever action. It's a, it's <laughs> a, it's a fucking uh, it's a muzzle loader. I okay. did a repaint. I did a repaint on that. It's literally called the Buffalo Hunter. It's a guy has a mustache. You don't believe he's an Indian. But oh, yeah, he, he's riding at full gallop and he's supposed to be spitting a musket ball into his musket. It kind of looks like he's blowing his musket like a horn anyway. Oh. And, and anybody that's ever ridden a horse knows that you would break out every tooth in your fucking head yeah. if you tried to do that in the way <laughs> that he showed it. It's a really cool painting. Um, like I said, I did a copy of it. In fact, I probably have a copy of that laying around here. I'm not going to run off and grab it this time, but... It's, it, we'll, we'll post it up on the thing, but yeah. But yeah, that's a pretty good one. Pretty good one. My favorite is uh, uh just uh, Stampede, you know, where it's the thunder and lightning and just the guy oh, riding yeah. Hellman for leather with a bunch of longhorns. That's pretty metal. Um, But then uh, we'll move on to one of his contemporaries and my all-time favorite Old West artist. I think... CM Russell? Yes, we're going to go to Russell. Now, nah, let's do Beerstadt first, because he's... Anticlimactic compared to Russell.
2: Yeah, well, it's uh, those paintings that are uh, twenty feet by twenty feet. If you see right. those in the, in the art museums.
1: Well, like Tony, if you go down to the Seattle Art Museum, we do have one there. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert Bierstadt. It's uh, I think it's uh, the Puget Sound Storm on the Puget
0: Sound. Did he and did he, fl- do, he did mostly uh, 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 like scenery?
1: Yes, landscapes and
0: things like I that. I think I think I've seen seen some of his stuff actually. When I was like. I don't know. I was in like yeah. sa- eighth grade, I think, and we went on a, we drove across the states to Virginia. Yeah. We stopped at somewhere, and there was like this fucking, like, just the sheer size of the paintings are yeah. just awe inspiring.
1: Well, right here in Seattle, like I say, at, at Seattle Art Museum, they have a fucking massive one, and it's, you know, Puget Sound, and it's, it's one of those things. Bierstadt, he's a landscape painter, but he didn't paint the exact landscape he saw but he didn't make shit up. He might add stuff he saw somewhere else into a different scene.
0: Right. Just to make but, it kind of cool looking.
1: Right. And he got a lot of heat for oh, you should paint it exactly like it was cuz we're boring and blah 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 and we have no fucking imagination and blah blah blah. But uh no, it's some excellent shit. Um yeah, um he has far less uh characters. If he does have characters in his in his pictures a lot of times they're really small and they're just kind of in the landscape. In fact, he got a lot of heat for like you know, he'd paint like you know, Yosemite and shit, and then people would bitch because he actually put Indians in there. It's like, why would you add those? They're ruining the landscape, you know. Oh, that kind wow. of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're ruining the landscape. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But anyway, go ahead, Will.
2: Oh, you basically covered it. Uh, oh, I just have one quote from the critics, critics saying, uh, "Vast machinery of advertisement and puffery." So he'd like to kind of, uh, you know, there's a little huckster in him, too. Not quite um, uh, Thomas Kincaid, but, you know, pretty close. Well, he seemed to have a, same kind program.
1: of a decent sense of humor. He's not like, you know, like where uh, Remington kind of fancied himself like a tough ass and shit. And to some extent, maybe Russell did, too. Cantlin it doesn't really come off like that. But, you know, there's pictures of Bierstadt where he actually did like a trick photography where, there's a picture of him pouring himself a beer. He took, like, a double exposure. It seems like he was a little more kind of playful. I think a lot of his... Uh, you know, he was born in Germany, but he moved to the States when he was one. But throughout through his education, he went back to, I think, like, Solingen, Germany, and studied at mm-hmm. this uh, place that was kind of a freewheeling, like, oh, you don't really have to do... You know, it's kind of like, free-range art. Oh, if you can find an apprenticeship with a cool artist, go ahead and do that, bro. And they had uh, kind of like... Um, it's almost like uh, plays and shit, or they'd uh, set up just kind of scenes. They'd like uh, dress a scene and like make all the props and do all this shit. And uh, there's something theatrical about it. And he was kind of into that too. So he, he, to me, he just seems like more of kind of a jolly dude than uh, these other guys we were talking about. When,
0: when you said he moved to the states when he was one, it just makes it sound yeah. like it was his idea. Like you know, he just yeah. he just appeared he just threw as, a bagel bag baby. over his shoulder. And he's like, yeah. I've had it with this town. Yeah. I'm out of here. Well, well he was German, so, so. <laughs> Oh, yes, put on, father. I will be born the Trap
1: Steamer. I should arrive in New York Harbor and uh, say word when I have arrived.
2: <laughs> Usually I'll it's be- when you're like 11 when you move yeah. out on your own in the Old yeah, West. Yeah, become
1: but, like a fucking blacksmith or something. <laughs> uh, I'll see
2: you. Being that popular back in Europe, though, that kind of fueled a lot of immigration to the West, too. It's like, hey, look how awesome it is. It's like, well, not quite, but... It can look th- yeah. that way on a certain time of day. <laughs> well, and he did
1: go in uh, while he was in school. Uh, he did take some time out and go paint uh, uh, some of the mountains in Italy. And uh, that's what he uh, he often compared some of the mountains in the West as like uh, Italy, uh, like pre-man, as like pre-civilization. pre it, it well, basically- I mean,
0: That's why all the Western movies are filmed in Italy, right? Because it looks like the Southwest kind of.
1: That's because Sergio Leone had a heart on for yeah, because
0: yeah, it was cheap, cheap, and it looked yeah. okay.
1: Yep,
2: because Italians can pass for Indians and or Mexicans too. Yep, so.
0: pretty much. <laughs> yes, we can. Mm-hmm.
2: My only complaint is his uh, Mount Adams looks more like Mount Chuxon, so maybe he got that mixed up.
1: Well, there was a couple where he like he'd add a waterfall that was like. It was there, but it, like if you were looking at the exact scene he's looking at, it was actually kind of out of frame. So he takes some license, and, like scooch the waterfall over like hundred meters, shit like that. But the big thing is, if you're trying to impress assholes in New York City, New, New York, York City. City, they don't fucking know he could have he could have painted fucking Daenerys on her dragons and shit. Fucking, they wouldn't know any better. <laughs> fucking. But either which way, is that is that all we got for Beerstock?
0: Yep. Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked. i will be right back. Well, a man's world is small
2: and getting smaller every day, but there are certain things you still do. You still say what you think, you still pay for the drinks, and beach nuts, the tobacco you chew. Weird ideas taken hold, kids won't do what they're told. Who knows what this old world's coming to? But you keep your face to the wind, you don't quit on a friend. And Beech Nuts, the tobacco you chew. Seems like a man's world just isn't the same anymore, but some things you can still trust, like Beech Nuts chewing tobacco. Beechnut Nuts just keeps on getting better. Beechnut's Nuts a lot moister these days, with more taste, less stems. Today's Beech Nuts, fresher, longer-lasting flavor. You ought to try it. Girls in bars, girls in pants, a man just don't stand a chance, but there's still ways to show them who's who. You treat your dogs with respect, you keep your traps coiled and checked. The The Zero Hour continues after this. Let's move on to C.M. Russell, Kid Russell. Which
1: which is the kick-ass motherfucker. Uh, That's the guy, remember the other day when I ran into my room and just pulled painting off the wall? Yeah, yeah. That's, That's who we're talking about there.
2: So uh, he was born in 1864 to 1926. He, instead of about 500 paintings like Catlin did, he did 2,000. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And he has his own museum there in Great Falls and yep. lots in the Buffalo Bill Center there in Cody, Wyoming.
1: Which I cannot speak highly enough about. Once again, I love that Buffalo Bill Center.
2: He was born in St. Louis at the age of 16. He went to work on a sheep ranch in Montana. Oh, so I thought you meant he was born at the age w- of
1: 16. I, that's yep. what I thought. Yeah, the way he structured that was fucking Push. weird. Oh, <laughs> fucking shit! Get it out of me!
2: I, I guess there's a comma somewhere in there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he moves to Montana for good after that, working as a cowboy and painting too. Uh, on the Judith there, uh, the ranch yeah. owner asked how the ranch was doing after a terrible winter of that 1886-87 that froze all the cows standing up. Ooh. The ranch foreman just sends back a little postcard, uh, or postcard-sized painting that Russell did, with a sk- uh, skinny steer surrounded by wolves.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> excellent. It's called Waiting for a Chinook it's an excellent, like, they did two, he did two versions of it. He did, there's, you can get copies of that little sketch that got handed to the ranch version, and then he did a full-on painting of it, and it's like uh, a fucking, um, you know, like the Sarah McLaughlin, like, dying dog commercials? Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. like that with a cow, only in a blizzard surrounded by wolves. Whoa. It, it, it's metal as fuck. Uh, but, yeah.
2: So, from that, he kind of gets famous around Helena, and he to get work as an artiste uh, also we
1: must note that while he was you know an enthusiastic cowboy he wasn't necessarily the best cowboy he was not like the best horseman or you know but he was but enthusiastic
2: at least he was not like the rest of these guys more or less yeah uh 1888 he spent some time with the blood tribe of the blackfeet he learned if you're all about spend time, the time with culture. any
1: Blackfeet, you should spend time with the bloods because if you know yeah much if, if better than a, the
2: crips yeah, yeah as if
1: the, well, as if the Blackfeet aren't fucking scary enough, you know, like, you don't want to hang out with, like, you know, you got to find. The, if I'm sure if they had somebody called, like, the Skin Eaters or some shit, he would have done that instead, but, you know.
0: Damn. Uh,
2: so he goes, lives a year there, but when he comes back to the Judith, he finds that it's all full of honkies. So he works a little while longer, then settles near Great Falls at the town of Cascade. Which also happened to be the town of Mary Fields, Stagecoach Mary. Oh, okay. Which we'll do one on sometime soon. Yep. So that's kind of South Great Falls. Uh, in the neighborhood, too, is the town of Lincoln, which is the Unabomber's Hidey Hole. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Just had to throw that in. Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't a self-promoter but his wife was. I think you were talking about that before if you want to. Talk well, here's about the big that.
1: thing with his wife. Uh she was what? I think when he met her she was 14? No, I think 16. Oh, okay. And, and he was in his 30s when they met. And then about a year later they got married. So. Yeesh. But I think they met like didn't they meet at like her parents' house or something like
2: I can't, I don't I can't know remember. why well, we'll I know just she make had, something up.
1: She had a rough-ass life. They met at like, a Dairy Queen. I, I know her mom, mm-hmm. like, uh, her first, like, a, her, it's one of those where I'm sure it's not her given first name, but, you know, it was, like, Texas Annie some fucking thing or the other. So everything I'd read about her mom just kept on referring to her as Texas. It's like, wow, what kind of bad bitch you got to be, like, you, you know, or notorious for some reason, you know. Well, she, or, she
0: was in the Green Berets in the Vietnam War.
1: I guess, you're like, and nothing about her says anything about her actually being from Texas, so I don't understand where that even came from. Daddy beats his wife within
2: an inch of her life. it the been of Texas. But
1: shit like, you know, her dad abandoned the family more or less, and then didn't come back until the mom died, and then just took the other sister and, like, left her to fend for herself.
0: Oh, man, you ever seen that movie, The Other Sister? Ah. Uh-uh. Oh fuck! It's great. Uh, That's sexy. The
1: other sister act.
0: <laughs> the other sister is uh, uh, uh oh no, what's her name? Uh, fucking the, the chick from uh.
2: Natural born killers.
0: Natural born killers. Juliette Lewis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Giovanni Ribisi, and they're both Jesus. uh they're both like mentally handicapped uh pe- like you know teenagers or twenty something year old kids. Can't go and full tard They end up meeting and and uh, falling in love. It's fucking awesome.
1: I was going to say, I'm sure it's really uplifting because both, both of those actors, whenever they're in something, it always has a real happy ending. Nobody ever dies. <laughs>
0: like, I, I, uh, God, I especially so long since Giovanni I
1: seen Ribisi. It? Most yeah. of his shit is just bummer town.
0: Yeah. Uh, but,
1: I mean, he's excellent. But
0: I remember enjoying that movie immensely, and I, I feel like there probably is some kind of sad ending. I, Yeah, but, oh, no, no, I do remember. There's a sad ending for sure. Yeah, it's a fucking weird-ass movie. They have to shoot old Yeller.
1: Yeah, they got to shoot right. old Giovanni Rubisi. Usually, they,
0: they shot old Yeller um, out of a, out of a trebuchet.
2: Oh, good! Ooh.
1: That's how you get him out of your yard.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Skip the two next door neighbors. And he lands on the block. They don't know who to blame after that. You know. I
2: think that's how Air Bud came about. Yep. Well, when uh, C.M. Russell dies, uh, they close the school in Great Falls just to watch the funeral procession. So that's how much a big deal that is. Do we
0: know what the C.M. stands for in C.M. Russell? Charles Marion. Why was Marion a fucking tough guy name back in the day? I don't
1: know, but yeah, everybody knows right that that was John 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 Wayne's real name. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know why. But Charles Marion Russell.
2: Hmm.
1: And, uh... Yeah, with him dying. Oh, that was the thing. Yeah, beforehand, uh, like like Will was saying, he wasn't a big self-promoter, but his wife would be... He, he would, like, flat out just try to give people paintings. He was like, oh, look, I just spent the last winter painting this. You know, you can go ahead and have it. And his wife's like, the fuck you will. You're going to give me, like, two grand for that shit. And then she would, like, get him shows and stuff in New York and around and, and things like that. And uh, he, he he always got... Kind of embarrassed that she was asking for so much money for the paintings because he called it like, "woman them's dead man prices," so meaning like oh, you're, char- yeah, you're charging for my shit. Like yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's kind of like uh, Jackson Pollock. His wife was his uh, PR person, and he basically was shit faced all day, every day, and was like okay. tra- trading his paintings for fucking liquor all the time.
1: Well, he, see, uh, yeah, Charlie was doing a little bit of that before he got married. Well, yeah. he did a he did a series of pictures of uh, to his old buddies down at the bar. It's like me before marriage, me after marriage. You know, it'll show him like playing cards in one, yeah. and then it's like him and the wife with a candlelit dinner, and they're all actually dressed for dinner. You know, damn that kind of shit. By by all counts, she was a pretty good influence on him. Um But, uh, uh, and she, you know, kept him from being poor. In fact, ended up making him quite a bit of money. But, you know, he was a handful to keep him working and shit like that. But the big thing is, um, I was going to say about uh, Remington. One of the biggest uh, complaints about him was whenever he tried to paint a woman, it it was just wrong. (laughs) Uh, He just didn't do it right. And, uh, like, the only time... Basically... Criticism was like, oh, he never painted a woman correctly, except for it only counted the couple of times he tried to paint white women. There's where he painted Native women, they looked normal. But it was something to do with, like, you know, like his weird, like, marriage to the woman that's never around. And, I don't know, some shit like that. Whereas the thing with CM Russell. Wait, so you think he, he painted them wrong on purpose? I think he was afraid of women. Oh. And I, and I think he felt gr- gross, like, painting curves or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Whereas uh, CM Russell, he's pretty famous for like, uh, well, also back in those days, like women, town's women were supposed to not appear to be sensual or anything like that. Right, They weren't
0: supposed to be appealing at all.
1: Whereas a lot of of CM Russell's Indian women and stuff like that. Ooh, they look sensual. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you're sexualizing these people that are almost animals. And like, you know, just he was getting a lot of flack for making his women too sexy, basically. But the thing is, his wife generally was the model for any of the women he painted. It, oh. so it's very likely that just like he's looking through basically the eyes of love at his wife, you know. Right. But at the same time, it's also there. It's believed that he also probably had a wife up on the with the Bloods, or at least a, a significant other up with the Bloods from his time there. Damn. Too. But that was the thing with C.M. Russell is he was friends with all these Indians and cowboys and trappers and shit, and he had a studio set up where he'd have them come in during the winter when they weren't out of the range and shit, come in, just sit, and they'd hang out with him, we'd watch him paint. In some cases, he'd paint them. You know, he had his studio was big enough in some cases, well, Remington's too, where you could get a horse in there if you needed to, uh, you know. Wow. So, kind of cool, but, uh, but you know, he was well-regarded, well-known around the area. People loved to come watch him work, you know. He, apparently, he didn't mind having spectators. Um was really authentic with Leo. He had a bunch of uh, stuff he got from the Indians and stuff. So the gear was always correct, you know, painted correctly and stuff like that. That's why he's one of my favorites. Yeah. It sounds like he
0: actually had respect for, for the, you know, for people. He had
1: a deep appreciation. In fact, he, uh, he set up, uh, he helped set up uh, the reservation for, I can't remember which tribe it was that they just didn't have any land for a reservation. Uh, that he ended up uh, helping them set up. I, I'll, I'll...
2: Was it the Gross uh, Ventures there? Or... It wasn't
1: Gross Venture. I want to say it was something like the The boys,
2: something boys. It's like no. up by Fort Benton, maybe.
1: It, yeah, it's, it's yeah, Stony Boy or something like that.
2: Something like that.
1: Yeah, but um,
2: no, he seems like a really
1: good guy. And the big thing is, he really appreciated. Like a lot of times, if you when he painted shit like the Little Bighorn you're seeing it from the Indians' point of view. You cannot even really see Custer. You can kind of see, like, some cavalry horses milling around some smoke, but you're seeing it from the outside of the circle with the Indians coming in. He really identified with the native viewpoint on a lot of this stuff. That's rad, man. Um, so it's pretty cool. Now, granted, then there's also, like, scenes of her, what we'd call horrific animal cruelty, like my like grizzly bear getting roped, and there's ones with wolves getting roped, and fucking. Oh, not quite as bad as the Nakona boot posters but oh, you know, yeah. a bunch of cougars getting roped by a 40 cowboys Still
0: fucking sh- badass man shit like that so but cool. he,
1: you know but yeah he's he's hands down probably if if you want to get a good look at some awesome western art and a lot of it, i guarantee you've seen in multiple <clears throat> movies publications shit like that man he's he's the one um like i said so many different paintings uh such respect for his subject matter just really doesn't get much better than that
2: hell yeah did uh, CM Russell ever paint a, a hail of gunfire?
1: Well, actually, yes, he did. One of his most famous called Smoke of a Forty Five. Really? Depicts a hail of gunfire happening in the muddy streets of a Montana town.
2: Oh. So the guy gets booted by the uh by the uh, bouncer?
1: Uh yeah, it's just a gunfight. A guy's like clutching his chest. Uh it's like somebody was sheen mm-hmm. out of cards. Clutching his chest, shooting at another guy, and a couple guys on horse shooting. I think there's also like a dog running around. Maybe a prostitute. I don't know. I can't quite remember off the top of my head.
2: <laughs> Sounds about right. Fuck yep.
0: yeah. Well, it's... So well,
2: it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's kind of hail a gunfire. I, I just
0: want to say, I think it's kind of nice that there's no serial killers in this one, and uh, it was kind of like uplifting and nice for the most part. We,
1: we, that's what we kind of went for. We, we thought we'd uh, give you a little bit of a sugar pill.
0: I appreciate before, it.
1: Before we get back into just... Fucking burning, the burning stench of human flesh, and (laughs) you know that kind of shit. But,
0: but yeah, I think uh, we could go out and see him. Russell, happy hail of gunfire.
1: There we go. Uh It's it's like cap guns or water pistols. Hooray! Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All
1: right, we'll see you all next time.
0: Peace.